Within the consciousness of each and every one of us resides the eternal and sacred soul. By awakening to our soul and striving to live in alignment with our soul's purpose, we can live extraordinary lives beyond conditioned limitations to pursue a life of healing, intentionality, and connection. Join us, your co-hosts, me, Katrina Slade, and Jennifer Helwing, as we explore and discuss this path of living in alignment with the sacred soul. In this podcast, we endeavor to inspire and empower you through individual and collective healing of the feminine. We are here to honor our oneness, celebrate authenticity, and deepen our connection to our beautiful planet Earth. This is the Sacred Soul Podcast. Welcome back to the Sacred Soul Podcast. Jen and I are celebrating season one. This is the final episode of season one, and we're just so proud of what we've created and, you know, all the work we've been doing together for our company, the Sacred Soul Healing Collective. And we're just so pleased to be receiving, you know, good feedback about this podcast. And we're so grateful that we're able to do this work. Right, Jen? I'm so excited because it really is something that we put so much into, so much of our heart and so much of our soul into. And it's honestly been just such a beautiful opportunity for both of us, I think, to be here and share openly about these topics and just be part of something that is greater than ourselves, be part of something that people can relate to and people benefit from. I've received messages of people saying how meaningful the episodes have been for them to listen to, and it just means so much to us. So thank you to all the listeners, and we're really excited to do season two for you guys as well. Yeah, season two is coming. Um, we're going to have a little break in between seasons because, you know, we have busy lives. We have other work we're doing in the world. We have lots going on. And so we're just so excited to take our time in creating season two to present our best work that we can for, for you, for our listeners. Yeah. So in this episode, we'll be talking about divine guidance, and we're going to be sharing stories from our own lives about times when we followed our divine guidance. And in doing so, we hope to help anybody listening to trust their own inner guidance or, you know, maybe get some confidence in listening to divine guidance if they feel like they are receiving it. And we'll be sharing some tips as well. Okay, so first let's start by talking about kind of what we mean by divine guidance and how that relates to intuition and all of that stuff. So it really is something that everybody has, first of all. Everybody has that ability to receive guidance and feel in alignment about things. But I think that where it differs is how we receive that information. And that really depends on you, who you are as a person and as a soul and the ways that you receive information. And a lot of people, I think, receive it and probably don't even know they're receiving it. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Definitely. Yeah. I, I can look back on my life and like see times when I did receive guidance, but I didn't know it at the time, you know? Yeah. For me, I know that I've always been very clear cognizant. I didn't know that term until I went to an to intuition development course with Katrina, actually. Um, where they started talking about that and what that is. And I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> because yeah. I've always been the, you know, the person who was like, I just know. 
I just know. And I don't know why I know. I don't know how I know, but I just know. And it's always been something that was very, um, very at the forefront for me of my own decision-making in my life, very at the forefront for, um, yeah, just being able to trust that. And I know that for me as well in my family, um, all the women on my family, my mother's side also have a very strong claircognizance. And so I'm fortunate that it was very accepted when I was a kid. If I just said that I know something, I was believed and trusted um, because they also had the same, the same intuition. That's great. But anyway, so claircognizance just means you know something. Clear clear knowing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It can also, I think it can also, can we also categorize getting downloads as claircognizance? Yeah. Well, that's what I think it is. I mean, yeah. I think of that as claircognizance. Yes. Um, okay. Like when I'm doing a reading for someone, I'll just get a big download. And I, I know like everything about something that they need to know based on yes. what, they're, what they're looking for, you know? Yes. So it's like, I didn't just see it. It's like, I suddenly know everything about a situation and I can share it with them. Exactly. Yeah. I think that this one is this one is kind of underrated, right? Because I think a lot of people who do primarily receive in that way have sometimes the most trouble trusting it because it can feel like they like they're not sure if it's their imagination or well, because it feels like it's just a thought. Yeah, it's not like a moment where like the clouds part and there's like a god with like lightning bolts shining down <laughs> on you. Like it's just your thought, exactly. But yeah. I think it depends on what's your intention in that moment. Well, when we're talking about divine guidance, I think this is interesting because I want to make this distinction. But with claircognizance, so you just know something, and divine guidance, I think sometimes it will come through that you just know the right decision to make. Like you just know the right thing to do. But I think that we have to kind of ask to receive that. And we have to kind of tune in and sort of be in that receptive state of like, I'm here to receive. I'm here to trust. I'm here to feel what comes up and actually taking that intentional moment to do that. Because unless you're very practiced with your intuition, you're very connected to your intuition, it would be quite rare that you would just be living your life and every single decision is easy because you just know the right thing to do all the time. Oh yeah. Even when you are connected to your intuition, it's not, not every single decision. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Because there's not necessarily a right or wrong. A lot of the time, either way is like up to you. Yeah. Everything is about free will. Free will is like one of the main laws of the universe, really. Like every being has free will and you know, in a minute, we're probably going to be talking about spirit guides and they're not going to be imposing on your free will. They're not going to like show you divine guidance, like, oh, you should do this unless you're open and inviting their, mm-hmm. you know, inviting the guidance to come to you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the other ways that we can receive divine guidance. We can receive it in a moment where we just know we can receive it in a meditation where we're intentionally looking for guidance and direction. We can receive it in dreams. That can happen a lot of times too. Um, We can receive it as, sometimes it's received as like a voice. Sounds like a voice in your head kind of guiding you. That one actually has happened to me very strongly. Only a few times in my life because it was very intense and it was very important. And so I heard it as a voice. It's like a voice in your head, not in your ear. 
Um, so would you say that's clear audience? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. That's another way. And then. Well, unless you're like, sometimes if you're not even aware, the universe will just put things in your path and you oh, yes. don't necessarily mm-hmm. know it's divine guidance, but it is right. Like, right. Yeah. The, the universe is conspiring in your favor. I love that. That quote it's from oh, yeah. the Alchemist, <laughs> that book by Paulo Coelho. Um, so you know, sometimes whatever you're meant to be doing or whatever path you're meant to be on, it will sort of become very clear to you based on what's presenting itself to you in your life. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that can happen in the opposite way too, right? Yes. Where oh, everything yes. is horrible and it forces you to go down a different path because you're like, wow, this is terrible. I have yeah, to leave. That's happened to situation. me quite a few times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would say that's a result of mm, when we're too attached to a certain thing and we need to really be pushed out of it to something else. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. And also like another flip side of that is things could come into your life to block you from doing something you do think you want to do or do you need. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, that's not for your highest good. But you think your ego, I should say your ego thinks that you're meant to do something or you really want to do something or have something or whatever. But sometimes it's not meant to be. So I guess that could be a form of divine guidance too. Like you're being guided away from what's not meant for you. Exactly. But Honestly, when I think of divine guidance, I'm thinking of more like receiving messages. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess that's because I'm I'm in my intuitive world here <laughs> in my in my life. So um, maybe the average person is just receiving the guidance in those ways that are like circumstantial that just seem like a synchronicity. Right. No, synchronicities yes. are actually very much yes. divine guidance. Um, that's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I also think it I also think it really depends on the person too. Like I think that if you tend to be more of an extroverted person, you're more focused on the external environment in general, you're probably going to be more likely to be receiving signs and synchronicities and things that are even like um where multiple people say the same thing to you in a really short time Oh my frame. god, that happened to me so many times. Yeah. That's why I'm doing the podcast actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cuz so many people, I'm not kidding, like 20 people from different parts of my life, even somebody told my mom this and she related to me like, Oh, Katrina has such a nice voice. Like it's so soothing and calming. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, universe, I get it. I'm supposed to do something with yes. my voice. That's not, I mean, not singing. Cause I'm yeah. not really a singer, but yeah. And if you're more introverted, if you tend to be more aware of your internal landscape, you might be more easily able to pay attention to those subtle nudges, whether it's like in your body or in your mind, those little moments of intuition, those little sparks of insight. So I think it depends too on where your focus Mm -hmm. more naturally falls, um, where it's easiest for you to receive that kind of divine guidance. Yes. Oh, yes. I never thought of that before, but that makes sense. Yeah. So today we're going to, we're going to share some stories about how, how and when we receive divine guidance. And as we do this, we're going to also share about our struggles and also our courage in trusting that guidance. And that's really the most important thing that we're talking about today is just having the trust, having the courage to really listen and really go with your gut when you need to, when it comes to those pivotal moments in life. So we're going to share 
our own personal stories in this episode. And hopefully that can kind of inspire you and show you some ways to trust your own intuition as you're listening today. Yeah. So I'll go first. Um, I feel like I have so many stories I can choose from. Share a few. Okay. (laughs) Well, I've already shared a lot about in previous episodes about like how I knew I needed to quit my career in teaching and like leave the place I was at, which was Germany. I won't get into that again. Um, Okay. I, I have two. I just, I only had one in my mind, but now I have two. So the first one is writing my book. Um, I'm still editing and editing and editing, but it's, it's all written now. Um, now I'm an artist. So I always thought of myself as a visual artist. I have a BFA in painting and drawing. I was an art teacher for, you know, years and I've never been a writer, but I've always been really strong at writing, you know, in like blog posts and like academic stuff. So I'm just putting that out there as like context for my story. So it was early on in our, cause Jen and I met actually in a intuition development course. And I'm so glad we did. Cause now look at us, <laughs> who would have thought we'd be doing this. Um, but maybe around the middle of that, that was like a 12 week course. So maybe around the middle time of that course, like I, you know, we were all developing our intuition and I was meditating like every day, really, really honing and working on my skills of receiving, receiving divine guidance really. Um, and then one day in meditation, um, I really liked, I still do. I really like going on journey meditations. So like I meet my guides, they take me to where I need to go and I receive healing or I receive certain guidance or whatever I need to receive. I'm open to that. And one day I was shown in meditation that I will write a book. And I was like, no, but the way they showed it to me was in the form of a movie. It was like, I was watching a movie. This is a Claire Cognizance example. Okay. okay. I saw a scene from a movie. I immediately knew it was a movie that was adapted from a book I wrote, which I had never written a book before or even considered writing a book before. Cause I thought of myself as a visual artist, not a literary artist. Um, I saw the film and I, I knew it was like the story of my life of not my life, but my intuition journey of like, like the hero's journey of me becoming this version of myself that I'm, I'm meant to be and not the like miserable, anxious person I used to be when I was out of alignment, living my life out of alignment. So um, I saw that and I was just like, okay, whatever. Um, and then another time in meditation, I received a message. I heard it kind of, it was said, look for the yellow hat. And I didn't know what that meant. Like, what would you do if you received that message? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But then I realized, well, yellow hats aren't really that common. Um, and this was kind of like, a cold time of the year for where I live. So people might be wearing like 
you know, like knit hats or something. Mm -hmm. Um, a few times I saw a guy wearing a yellow hat around town and like one or two guys. And I was like, well, I don't think that means anything. And then I was on Instagram and I follow Reese Witherspoon on Instagram because she's a, she's sort of a role model to me. And she was wearing a yellow hat, like a winter hat. And she was like making a silly snow angel video on social media. And then it struck me like a lightning bolt. I mean, I guess in that case, it was like a lightning bolt, but only on the inside, not on the outside. And I realized she has a book club. She has a production company. And her audience, the audience that reads those types of books and watches the types of stuff she produces, that's the exact audience that I would want for my story. So I took that as a sign that like the yellow hat, like she's um, the symbol now. I'm not putting all of my eggs in a basket. Like, oh, of course it's all going to work out exactly the way I think. But it was like a symbol of like, that is the direction you can go in. So then I kept seeing like little synchronicities related to Reese Witherspoon, which I know it sounds very strange, but um, I sort of use that as like my lighthouse. Like it's, it's showing me the light, lighting the way, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to trust. And so I kept, I kept feeling this huge nudge to write this book and I just trust it. I just trust it. Cause at the time I was developing my intuition and how could I ignore such a strong intuition to do this? So I did. Yeah. And I started, you know, I made an outline. I did, a, I did all the stuff I could do like to prepare. I decided how my story would go. And when I started writing it, Jen, I could not believe how easy it was. It like, like my fingertips were just wow. typing and typing and typing. Like I already knew what the story was or something like, but I didn't, I didn't know. I had never written wow. creative writing before. I had never even written poetry. Um, I always wrote in the past, like, you know, blog posts or for academic purposes. So it came to me so easily. And then once I started, I got like a flood of synchronicities showing me that this is the right thing to do. Wow. So I'll just share one example of the synchronicity because I think it's so fascinating. Um, I had a favorite mug and I had bought it when I lived in Korea. So it's really irreplaceable because I'm never going to go back to that same pottery village in Korea and buy the same exact mug from the same ceramic artist, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I only had one and it was a very beautiful lavender color of the glaze. So, um, I had a mug, it was my favorite mug and I was writing a portion of the story. I had to like stop because I had to go do something. So I wanted to remember to write down in the story, the character's mug is going to break and that's going to like, um, she's going to have her favorite mug, like at her workplace and she's going through lots of struggles at her workplace and she's going to be washing her mug and it's going to break and she's going to get like really oh, my favorite mug broke like that's was my plan for the story right so 
like the next day I came back to my story and I had written one bullet point, the mug breaks to remind myself that's where I want this, the chapter to go when I continue writing. Well, I hadn't remembered that I had put that bullet point down and I came in, I set my laptop down, I set my full mug of tea down and I was getting things ready to start writing for the day and a cord, like one of the computer cords, I don't know, did something. Oh. And then my mug spilled. It spilled all over the floor. And I have like 1960s hardwood floors here. So that's it shouldn't be covered in water, right? And the mug broke. And I was like, no, my favorite mug. And so I um I cleaned it up as fast as I could. I put the big chunks of the ceramic bits of the mug like into a little pile. And I was like, maybe I could glue it back together. And then I was like, no, 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 that's stupid. Um, so then I cleaned that all up and I was like, I don't even have my tea now. I sat down, I opened my laptop and that line was the first thing I saw, the mug breaks. <laughs> I was wow. like, how did that happen? I'm actually kind of getting like teary eyed just talking about that for some reason. Um, what did you feel in that moment when you saw that line? On your like computer? complete awe. I was like, oh my God, did I manifest that somehow by writing that? But then Jen, it happened like five more times with other things. I was writing about the character experiences of uh, a washing machine malfunction and her washing machine floods. And the same exact day that happened to me in my life after I wrote it. And it happened to me twice with the flooding. So to me, I know those sound like bad things happening, (laughs) but it's like so eerie and so um, on the nose. Like this is what's happening in the story and this is what happened in your life. To me, that was like really showing me signs that this book this story is um, important for me to write and I'm not gonna, I'm gonna try to not be attached to the outcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, I have my hopes and dreams for it, but I'm, I'm trying not to. In those moments, did you see it as a positive thing or a negative thing? Yeah, I would laugh, okay. like, like laugh kind of maniacally, like, ha ha ha, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Because I could see it. I could see the higher perspective because my guides were kind of showing me like, mm-hmm. pay attention to this. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, I had yeah. to pay some money to get my washing machine checked up. And the the c- technician was like, oh, I didn't find anything wrong. And he like took it all apart and looked at everything and put it all back together. Oh, there's nothing wrong here. After it had flooded like twice and we were like, of course, wow. because, and you know, it hasn't flooded since. So. Wow. Um, yeah. That's so cool. That's so, so, so cool. <laughs> and there's more, there's, there's like five more synchronicities, but I'm not going to keep listing them off, but this book has like really shown me how powerful it can be to follow the guidance, the divine guidance that you re- you receive. What does what does writing this book mean to you on like a soul level or a deeper level? Well, I know in many of my past lives, I was very, very restricted, Mm -hmm. especially about speaking my truth. 
Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are or have been, especially women. So I've known for quite a while now, I've had a throat chakra block or something because I I've always feel tension in my throat when I'm stressed. Um, and I've seen past lives where I've had lots and lots of trauma about like being persecuted for speaking my truth, right? So to me, this book is like, this is my current lifetime and I'm not being persecuted and I have the freedom to not only speak my truth, but to like share it with the world. And I don't say that. I I hope I don't sound egotistical when I say that because the purpose of the whole book that I've known from the beginning is to make spiritual things like what we talk about more accessible to Mm -hmm. people like people who read books you know like you could read a fantasy book and like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter and like that stuff happens and it's that's fine that's fantasy but the stuff that happens in my book that they're based on things that really happened to me physically you know in my consciousness like things that literally I've lived through and experienced Mm -hmm. and I want to make that clear when the book is like published and so I guess what I'm trying to say is I want other people to become more aware of their soul um, and their purpose and their you know how they can live in alignment and how they can sort of wake up and how they can leave behind you know, jobs or people or places or whatever that does not serve their highest good. And they can Mm -hmm. pursue a life of, you know, freedom and alignment. So really I'm Mm -hmm. trying to make spirituality, you know, not in a religious sense, but in the sense that, you know, you and I talk about spiritual topics. I want that to be more accessible. So the people I'm writing for, like the audience I have in mind, they're not necessarily already spiritually awakened people they're just people who are like reading books about women you know there's like coming of age stories there's like the hero's journey stories there's all sorts of stories that I love to read where women sort of rise up in their power Mm -hmm. and in their life so that's really what this story is going to be about and it can be more accessible for people if they read it in fiction rather than like a memoir or something like that that's amazing. Yeah. That's so amazing. Wow, that's a beautiful story. And thank you for sharing what it means to you as well and your purpose. I think that's really beautiful. And and it is going to be an inspiration for many people because isn't it isn't it those things, those books that we read or the things that we discover that really spark something within us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just reading a book about a month ago that was really captivating me. And then I, partway through the book, I realized the author at the end of the book, she has like a little section where she explains this. It's the same thing. She went through a series of events that were very metaphysical, very um, like hard to believe because they were so incredible, Mm -hmm. but she had to write it in the format of fiction 
because she wanted it to be more accessible and not people like picking apart the facts like well you know blah 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 that's that that couldn't happen or whatever so she wrote it as fiction but really she went through the whole thing so I took that as another little wink from the universe of like oh look some other people are doing it this way too (laughs) you know that's awesome I love that yes yeah yeah so Jen do you have a story in mind about a time when you sort of listen to your divine guidance yeah I can share something that is very different from your story. So it might be a good way to highlight how different (laughs) the divine guidance can be for lots of different people. So just to give some background for my story, um, I had finished my counseling diploma and I was working as a volunteer counselor and I was starting to feel burned out (laughs) really fast. I was working with a lot of people who were struggling with suicidal thoughts and Um, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of hours. And I started to wonder, is this, was this the wrong path? I started to really question being a counselor and whether that was even the right path for me. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up kind of going on this little (laughs) roundabout adventure (laughs) of kind of going what you would say going off path. But of course, there's no such thing as off path. You are always on path. Even if, even if it feels like you're off path, it's still part of your journey because it's all meaningful. It's all happening for you. Um, but when we say off path, we just mean you're far from your ultimate destination, right? But it doesn't mean that you're not in alignment because you're always in alignment. Like yeah. Maybe you have to learn some lessons along the way, the hard way. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, I was, at this point, I was, fairly spiritual. I mean, I think I've always been fairly spiritual, but it wasn't at the forefront of my life. And so it wasn't how I was making decisions. Um, And so I went off and I did my thing and I lived my life and I had a series of jobs and actually went to school and did a business, business diploma in human resources. And I was just trying to live. But honestly, I felt like I had lost part of my soul. Like that's how I can explain it. I remember this one time I was just crying at home and just crying my eyes out and I couldn't even explain why, but it just was this moment where I felt like my whole life was not what I wanted it to be. Um, I really wanted to be helping people and I felt like I couldn't. It was too much or it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, I went and I did that business degree and I felt like I was selling my soul. Like it it felt like I was abandoning part of myself by doing that, but I had to live. I had to make money and I was, I didn't have any other way to do that that felt good to me. And so that was what I felt like I had to do. And it was very hard and very sad. And I felt quite depressed for a long time when I was in that, in that space. And eventually I had a series of jobs and <laughs> every single job that I had, I had a boss who seemed nice at first and then turned out to be absolutely terrifying. <laughs> mm. And one of them was even abusive and actually was quite a, a severe issue. But I had a series of bosses that were all not, not wonderful. And every single time, every single job I had, 
I wanted to keep the job, but it pushed me to my breaking point. It pushed me to my absolute breaking point every time. And so I would quit. I would leave my job and I would go and get a different job. And then every single time this would happen to me. So this happened to me three times in a row. And that was the point where I finally broke down and I was like, no, like I I can't do this anymore. And I knew something really big in my life had to change. So this is now... All of that was divine guidance because it was the universe screaming at me (laughs) saying, no, stop getting these jobs. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it's really funny because at this point I had, you know, I had a total breakdown. And at this point I had said to myself only a few months earlier, the one thing I know for sure is that I will never, ever, ever work for myself. (laughs) I had said that (laughs) only a few months before with such certainty why were you so certain about that? Because I come from a family um, of entrepreneurs and I see, I see, <laughs> I see the struggle. The struggle. <laughs> I see the struggle. Yeah. And I was like, no, you know what? I just want to have a job and then I want to have, you know, my hobbies. I want that to be like for fun, not for money. And so I felt like I think all I think a lot of artists can relate to this when the thing that gives you joy is the only thing that makes you money. It takes all the joy out of it yes, <laughs> where it can. I can so, that. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I did not want that to be me. So I was very sure. But then in this moment of having a total breakdown, I was going for a walk in nature. And I remember just taking like three steps back. Like I just felt like I got hit with a brick wall because I heard this voice in my head (laughs) and like hearing voices. I mean, just to give some background, like that had happened to me before. I had heard (laughs) voices before, Um, but it was shocking because I was, I felt like I was fairly mentally stable at the time and I was, you know, completely sober and I was like, okay, I don't know what's happening. I heard this voice in my head and it just said, you need to change direction now. And it was so loud and so clear. I took a few steps back and I was like, okay, what's happening? (laughs) And I just felt, I didn't feel scared. I felt almost like relief. It's hard to explain. I felt relief. It didn't feel scary. It felt relief. It felt like somebody, something, some energy was finally coming to pull me out of this suffering that I had been in for so long. And so it felt like a relief. What, how did you interpret that message though? Um, so in that moment I said, I think I said something like, okay, I'm listening. I think I just said something like, okay, I'm listening. And I heard back, I will show you, you will be shown the way, something like that. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I'm here. I'm listening. And I went home that day and it was only, I think it was only a few hours later, I had this email in my inbox from somebody who I wasn't even subscribed to. Like I didn't even subscribe to this person. I didn't even know um, how I got this email, but I got this email inviting me to this webinar for entrepreneurs. (laughs) And I was like, well, I don't want to be an entrepreneur, but I thought, oh, maybe I'll just, I'll just check it out and see what happens. So I went to this webinar and there was maybe five, 600 people on this webinar. And, and I got called out (laughs) out of five, 600 people. I got called out. The person who was doing this webinar was like, 
um, answering our questions. And I don't remember what question I had asked. Um, darn, I wish I could remember. Oh yeah. I think I had asked a question about my life, like feeling so lost and confused in my life and all this stuff. And this person said to me that they could feel that I had been in a safe zone for a long time and I had been living out of fear and I had been living in the safe zone wow. and it was time to take a huge risk and bet on myself and trust my abilities that I already had in me. Wow. It was crazy. And so that was, again, that was kind of divine guidance and Definitely. it really hit me. It really resonated with me very, very, very strongly. So I started researching shortly after I started researching okay, maybe, maybe I do need to do like, maybe I do need to do something entrepreneurial. At this point, I still wasn't thinking that that would be my career. No way. Like, that would be too scary. I was just thinking maybe I could do something on the side while I look for a job that was more in alignment. So I was researching stuff and I stumbled upon life coaching. And it's funny because as somebody who is trained as a clinical counselor, um, life coaching felt like the B-side version of that. It felt like mm-hmm. it felt like something that was not uh, not quite at the level that I had been educated to be able to help people. Yeah. And so I thought, oh my gosh, I thought, oh, is this is this even real? I was like, what is this? Right. So I was I was looking into it. But the more I was reading about it and the more I was reading about it, I just was called towards it. I felt more and more called towards it. I ended up taking a coaching program and yeah. And I took a business program for entrepreneurs. I took a coaching program. I was following all this stuff because I felt like I was being shown the way. I f- like I felt like I had so much clarity. Every time I was ready to take a step, it was right there. The step was like right there in front of me. But I never knew, I never knew where it was leading to. Yeah. I never knew what what it was for, but I just trusted each step along the way. And everything was coming to me, like one, two, three, one after another. And then same thing with our intuition course, that was another step of my path. And I, we did that intuition course together. And so this had happened after I had done this like entrepreneur course, and then I had the coaching course, and then I had this intuition course. All the pieces were starting to kind mm-hmm. of come together. And I was like, oh my goodness. Hey, wait a second. This feels amazing. Yeah. This feels amazing. And it felt like I was um, coming back home to myself because I remember as a young person, like right out of high school, I wanted to study transpersonal psychology. I wanted to study Mm. the psychology of consciousness. I wanted to study the psychology of spirituality. That was something that I always wanted to study, but I just wrote it off as like, oh, that probably won't happen. That's like too fancy or whatever. Um, Mm. And so I just abandoned that, but I had forgotten that that was something that had called to me a long time ago. And then all these pieces are coming together where I was like, wow, I can, I can be a spiritual coach. I can be an integrative therapist. I can do holistic therapy that includes the soul and brings the soul back to mental health, which is something that I'm so passionate about. And now it's like, how, how could I even, how could I even not be doing this work? Because it's so me. It's so me. I live and breathe this. It is every moment of my life and it is so much joy and it doesn't feel like work. And I'm so grateful, but like, my goodness, that I go through a lot of crap to get here yeah, (laughs) and through so much suffering to get here. But I guess what I really want to highlight about this story is that I did not know 
where I was going. I did not know why I was taking that entrepreneur course. I did not know why I was taking that coaching course. I did not know why I was taking that intuition development course. To me, yeah, I did not know. (laughs) I did not know what I was doing when I made my website and started offering my services. I had no clue what I was doing. And I did not understand how right away after launching my my website, I had like six people right away lined up. (laughs) I did not know what was happening. So amazing. But every single thing was lined up perfectly for me. It, like you said, Katrina, when you're writing your book, it was so easy and I was so mm-hmm. good at it. And the point is that you don't need to know the whole path to have the courage to go forward. A lot of people, they want to wait till they can see the whole map. And they get really scared if they feel like they can't see all the answers. They can't see the whole map. They can't see the whole way. And so they won't take any action because they want to wait till they have the whole plan laid out. And I really want to highlight the importance of being able to trust your intuition to just take that step, that one step. Because even if you have no clue where it's leading, if your heart is strongly pulling you to that, it is the right step for you. And you can trust that and take that step. because. It's like a pathway of lights and only one light will come on at a time, but you have to keep taking the steps in order to light the whole path. I heard um, one of my teachers, um, one of my energy healing teachers talk about this. She was saying, it's like you're walking up a staircase, but only one step will show itself at a time, you know, as you step. It looks like you're stepping into the air. And it looks like you could topple forward and fall, yeah. but the next step will be there and the next step will be there. And it's taking you to the place that your soul and that your, your guides and your highest self want you to be. Yeah. And so you have to have courage and trust and it's very hard. And like you said, the, the difficult experiences are part of yeah. it, you know, like like I was relating so much to what you were saying. And I'm sure so many listeners can relate to what you're saying too. Like you're in a place that's so, it's like your life feels so, I guess I'm going to put this in quotations, out of alignment. Like You feel it, dead inside. Yeah, you have so many difficult things and you feel so anxious or stressed or dead. And I felt that way too when I was in my teaching yeah. career. And, but now I can see how all of that, training and experience as a teacher is really going to serve me and my the people I meant to work with now because I'm a teacher like that's who I am I'm not a classroom teacher anymore but I'm a teacher Mm -hmm. in this lifetime and I'm meant to guide people and you are too so you're meant to fall back well I shouldn't say fall back you're meant to integrate all of the experiences you've gained through all of the training you've done through all of the um knowledge you've gained and wisdom and experience and now you can like weave it together like a beautiful braid or a beautiful tapestry and that is what you're meant to be doing and so all those experiences weren't necessarily wasted or wasteful they were meant to happen so that you can now serve the people you're meant to serve right 
Yes, exactly. I mean, even my business diploma, like that has been very helpful in running my business because I feel so confident with doing my bookkeeping. I feel so confident with doing my taxes. Like it's just a second nature to me. Um, Even though when I was doing those courses, it felt like absolutely torture. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now I'm like, wow, I'm glad that I know those things because I don't have to hire out any of that stuff. I can do it my own easily. So it's all for something. Even when it feels like your life is this giant mess of all these ingredients and you're like, wow, what can I make with all these ingredients? (laughs) And sometimes it feels like, sometimes it feels like it doesn't make sense, but there's always something. There's always something there that is part of a greater whole that we can't always see. And it has Mm -hmm. to be okay. We have to be okay with not having all the answers. It really comes back to something I think, Katrina, we talk about a lot is just getting comfortable with uncertainty. It's very divine feminine. And surrender. Yeah. Like you can't really be attached to one mm-hmm. outcome or idea because mm-hmm. you you'll never be able to predict where yeah. you know your the divine guidance will the path will take you, you know. So now might be a good time to share some tips, Jen, if you if we want to share some tips for people. I know we've already kind of sprinkled them yeah. throughout the, let's do that. the episode, but let's just share a couple now. So for me, um, that like that voice that I was telling you about that I was hearing, I come to know now that that is my spirit guide and building a relationship with that guide throughout. I didn't really share this, but throughout that whole process, I was constantly meditating. I was constantly tuning Mm -hmm. in. I was constantly checking in and I would constantly receive these messages about the next steps to take. And so that was a part of that whole process was me building that relationship with that divine guidance and continuously checking in. And because I think because I was so confused and so unsure, I didn't know what was happening. It almost made me do that more easily, go to check in and ask because I had no clue on my own what 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 was happening, Mm -hmm. what I was supposed to be doing. So that extreme amount of uncertainty kind of forced me to (laughs) to have that relationship. But if you can have that relationship now, if you can start building that relationship now, um, even when your life feels like it's going okay, it's going to serve you more in the future um, when you can more easily check in and tune in with that. Yeah. I was going to share the same tip. (laughs) Okay. Have a connection with your guides and know that there's different guides in your life for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And and just trust that they're supporting you, that you're not alone, yeah. that there's a there's a purpose to what you're experiencing. And for me, I feel so grateful that I've been able to have the the time and space to meditate for hours and hours and hours <laughs> over the, the past, I don't know how long, couple of years, um, to connect with my guides. But if you if you don't have that luxury of time, um, just setting aside some time either in the morning or evening, I would say would be very helpful. And just like invite them in, just like sit in your presence, sit in silence, or, you know, I actually like listening to meditation music and just really connect inwards and just like let go of everything external and just really connect inwards and then set the intention and you can invite them in. You can say, I call in, like I, I say this all the time, I call in my divine team and 
some people call them, I've heard some people call it their spirit squad or like just their guides or their angels. You know, some people are more naturally resonating with like angels or guides or whatever, or the highest self, um, whatever resonates with you, just go with it and just ask to be connected and Mm -hmm. then be open to receive whatever comes. And it's not going to come immediately. I mean, unless you're like extremely, unless your intuition works extremely fast, but oftentimes you have to ask and then be open. Like I was saying with the yellow hat, like I received a message and I was like, what's going on with this yellow hat? And I, I used my discernment to Mm -hmm. not like, I didn't chase down every person I saw who was wearing a yellow hat. I just was like, (laughs) I don't think that's a significant one. And then when it happened, it happened. So um, Mm -hmm. I received the message I was meant to receive, you know? Yes. And another really helpful thing. I know a lot of my clients ask me sometimes they're like, well, how do I know that it's my, (laughs) my guides? And how do I know I'm not just making it up? And I kind of say to them usually, if you are in that state where you are sitting with intention or lying down with intention and you are surrendering your, your mind, you're surrendering your ego and you're really listening into your heart, then in that moment, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters whether it's coming from your deepest wisdom or your heart or whether it's coming from a guide or an angel or whatever it is. If you feel like there's something deep that you can connect with that is giving you a message that feels right and the word is feel feels right then you need to trust that you need to trust that if it feels right for you you need to trust that Mm -hmm. because ultimately um we can't ever know for sure whether something is fully correct or fully not and I think that most of the time a lot of the stuff that we think we're receiving is probably tainted with some of our own thoughts and some of our own things it's just gonna be because we're human Mm -hmm. And it has to be okay. You have to be okay with that. <laughs> so your yeah. intuition is going to be, it's going to be, you know, it's never going to be a hundred percent pure. You have to just be okay with that. And you have to just feel and have that connection. Again, having a connection with your body, having a connection with your heart, being emotionally open, heart open, that's going to help you to get more in touch with your feeling body and less about the thinking body. And that will help you to just feel if something is right for you. And if it feels right, even if it feels like 80% right, um, you should lean in and trust that because Mm -hmm. it's better to do that than to be questioning all the time if it's like right or not, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I didn't have this in mind, but I feel called to say it right now. It just came to me while you were talking. Um, I think we should be mindful of what we're consuming. Um, especially like the content you're consuming, like what you're surrounding yourself with. Also, maybe the people you're surrounding yourself with. Um, There's nothing wrong with being around people who aren't like super inspiring or anything, but let's say you're always around people who are complaining or you're always around people Mm -hmm. who are fighting or you're always around people who are really negative. Um, That's going to influence your energy. But also like if you watch the news, if you read the news, um, there's a lot of difficult energy there. And if you're watching like, you know, crime shows or like listening, I used to love listening to a certain crime, true crime podcast. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I can't really listen to it anymore because the energy, like now that I'm more sensitive to energy and more aware, I realize it's, it impacts 
my energy when I'm hearing about horrific, you know, crimes. So just pay attention to what is affecting your energy so that you're not in a reactive state. You're more in the like Mm -hmm. calm, cool and collected state. And in in that Mm -hmm. state, you can connect so much more easily. Right. So just be careful about that. And also like one of my main, one of my first main messages from my guides was stop drinking caffeine and alcohol. And I was like, what? Like at the time I thought that was impossible. I was like, no, I don't want to stop. But (laughs) um, it's been a process, but I'm, you know, I'm not a hundred percent there, but I, I followed through on that mostly. And and yeah, I can see now if I do drink something with caffeine, how it affects my energy like mm-hmm. a lot. I can see it now because I've had so much space, you know, away from it. So just be mindful. Yeah. So basically be mindful of what you're consuming physically, but also mentally yeah. and emotionally yeah. and energetically. <laughs> All that stuff. Or just like what you're surrounding yourself with. And yeah. And if, yeah. if you want to connect with your guides, just make sure you have some time and space to do that. Mm-hmm. And like we say in practically every episode, meditation is very, 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 very helpful in this. Um, yeah. If you can yeah. create some sort of practice, meditation practice. I find um, this is something that actually one of my clients shared with me is that she really likes to make her meditations um, 11 minutes, 22 minutes, 33 minutes, 44 minutes, because then in her mind, it feels like a sacred, a sacred space on a time plane, rather than just like, oh, I have to do 20 minutes. It feels like all the other things in your life that take 20 minutes and take 30 minutes and take, when she makes it a number like that, it makes it feel kind of sacred and it makes it feel less like a chore and more like something that's special. So that's another like that's little cool. weird tip, but it might help you if you're just starting out with meditation, you really struggle to, to make the time mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool idea. Yeah. So that is it for episode 10. That is a wrap for season one of the Sacred Soul podcast. We are so grateful that you are here, that you're listening, and we appreciate you so much. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for listening. And we send you so much love and appreciation and gratitude. We love to hear from you. So if you listen to any of our episodes and something stands out to you, something is meaningful to you, or you want to keep the conversation going, send us a message on Instagram. We are Sacred Soul Healing Co. um, And you can find both of our personal handles there too. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you're interested in learning more or connecting more with some of the themes we've discussed, we invite you to join us in our sisterhood containers. They're like women's circles, but they go so much deeper and it's going to be so amazing to connect with each other. So we invite you to find out more at our Instagram. You can find us at Sacred Soul Healing Co. And if you want to connect more with me and learn more about what I offer, you can find me on Instagram, Katrina Slade Artist Intuitive or katrinaslade.com. And if you're interested in finding out more about me and how we can work together, I empower people to heal their own wounds and rise into their soul's true calling. You can find me at moonpathwellness.com or at wellnesswithjen on Instagram. 
Thanks for listening.